My nightmare started like this. I was standing on a deserted street in some little beach town. It was the middle of the night. Welcome to Floor 600. I'm Quinn. And I'm Natalie. Ooh, fancy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Floor 600 is a podcast where we read the Percy Jackson Olympian series by Rick Riordan and talk to each other about it and talk to you about it, I guess. Um, (laughs) And right now we are reading Sea of Monsters. Uh, we just read Sea of Monsters chapters one through five, and here we go. Here we go. So, it's been so long, it feels like. It's been like a I month know. since we recapped these chapters, but all right, here we go. So. <laughs> Need the books, okay. <laughs> Chapter one of Sea of Monsters is titled, My Best Friend Shops for a Wedding Dress. I rated this four stars. Really? I think I was excited because we were finally reading the books again. (laughs) Because now I'm looking back at them and I'm doubting myself. (laughs) I gave this two stars. Alright. I just didn't think it sounded that because, okay, Grover does weird stuff. Yes. So it's like, it's not that weird. That's true. I don't know. I think the first time I read it... I don't know why I rated this so high. (laughs) I honestly don't know. The first time I read it, I was like, oh my god, is Annabeth getting married? (laughs) I remember the title and being about being about shop or wedding dresses and being like, hmm, huh, strange. They're children. (laughs) (laughs) No child marriages, people. Okay. So basically, all of these chapters are really recap heavy. Um, yes. Because, you know, it's the first book, or it's the second book in the series, and it's been, like, what, a year since mm-hmm. the previous one was released. So every series has that, like, oh, reminder, this is what happened last time. So I'm not going to read all of that. Yeah. I skipped it. Yeah. Because I didn't feel it was necessary. I, yeah. I was like, oh, another <laughs> recap part. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I don't, I find it really annoying when I'm reading, like, back-to-back, but if it's been a year since you read it, you might not remember. I appreciate it then, but it's... I like that it's... It makes it so it can be a standalone book. Yeah. Like, you can kind of just read it whenever. Yeah. But then there's other books that, if they did that recap bit, it would be unreadable. Like, if you did that with Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. the series, or the Song of Ice and Fire series, book series, and mm-hmm. had, all right, we're going to recap the last book in two chapters at the beginning. <laughs> be unreadable. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do it, she, J.K. Rowling did it kind of in the Harry Potter books. Yeah, I don't got, think it's very heavy-handed. It, it was more heavy-handed in the beginning, like, yeah. the first few books, and then once she got toward the end, it, like, almost disappears. Yeah, because she <laughs> trusts that, like, oh, you're re- you're on book five, you're not... You know what's going yeah. on by this point, and if you don't, you can watch a movie, <laughs> <laughs> figure it out, and come back. But yeah, so we're ignoring that. Mm-hmm. And we're just gonna start at the good stuff. Yeah, which is, so chapter one starts... Percy has a dream that he's on, he's in some beach town in Florida. It's the middle of the night, there's like crazy winds, storm blowing the palm trees like nearly horizontal, and he's just like, what is going on here? And then he sees Grover like sprinting down the middle of the road, running from something. Yeah. And there's some kind of 
monster chasing him. He's like, have to get away, have to warn them, which, good old Rick foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. This whole chapter is just foreshadowing. Yes. Basically. So, <laughs> Grover, like, runs away from the monster and into a bridal boutique store. And then the monster, like, kind of slows down, like, walks up to the front of the, the shop front and is like, mine! And then Percy wakes up. Yeah. <laughs> so... Just kind of setting the scene for part of the adventure to come. Yeah. So Percy is like, what the heck was that dream? Because as a demigod, like, their dreams are super vivid and stuff, I yeah. guess. So he keeps, he's just, like, really shaken by this. But he's immediately sort of, like, gone off track of the dream. Like, oh, the dream's not important because he sees a creepy shadow. Yeah. So he, he sees a shadow flicker across his window and he thinks it looks like a human. Yeah. He's like, what the heck? But at the same time, he's like, eh. So Sally's like, come on, Percy, it's time to go to school. So he gets up, and I found this one paragraph hilarious. I don't know. On my Kindle, it's on page three, but I don't know how accurate that is. But he's talking about how he hasn't used Riptide in a long time because Queen Sally banned him from using deadly weapons in the apartment. Oh, about the javelin? I highlighted that too. I was like, wait, where'd the javelin come from? Why does he have a javelin? Why is it in the apartment? a monster? Like, what was happening? (laughs) Like, I just, there's so many things that I just want more, more information. Um, It's just a hilarious image. Yeah. Somebody draw that and send it to us. Yeah. <laughs> Percy just waving a javelin around. And, hitting taking a, out the china cabinet. Yeah. And Sally in the background going, ah! <laughs> So basically, Sally and Percy are excited because it looks like Percy is going to graduate the seventh grade. <gasps> Hooray! Yeah. He's had no attacks, no issues. Everything's going pretty well, you know, seventh grade. So. Issue free, no tissues needed. Yeah, sure. I don't know um, why I said that. But <laughs> basically, he is like, this is his last day of seventh grade at Meriwether College Prep. And he's excited. And he's also excited because he's going to Camp Half-Blood. Maybe. Except maybe. Sally tells him that he probably won't be able to go. And Sally's being all mysterious about it. Like, oh, I'm going to tell you about it because it'll bum you out. Back to... Keep Percy ignorant of everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. No, just tell him. Tell him he, he he's a big boy. He'll understand. Yeah, like after everything he went through last summer, she can't just tell him. Yeah. I but, get that he's only 13 still, but still. Still. He, so, he needs to know what's happening. Yeah. He's like, great, now I have to go to my last day of school, worrying about this all day, basically. Yeah. And I thought it was sort of interesting. So the chapter ends like, oh, what if, like, blah, blah, blah. And he goes to school and he's still, he's worried about, what do you mean I don't have to pack? I was thinking about other second in series books. And uh, Chamber of Secrets starts off with Harry's not allowed to go to Hogwarts. Not allowed to go to his second home or his real home. Yeah. Um, And and then second book of Percy Jackson, Percy is not allowed to go to Camp Half-Blood, which is his second home. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I wonder if that's just... I wonder if that's an example in other book series mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, that thing that you fell in love with last time, we're going to take it away from you just for a second? Yeah. You had to fight to get it back. But yeah, that's basically chapter one. Chapter two. 
Yes. I play dodgeball with cannibals. Five stars. Oh, yes. Five Same. stars right away. Yep. I, I <laughs> drew me in with cannibal, or cannibals and then kept me yeah. with dodgeball. Like, <laughs> as soon as I read that, I was like, that's a five-star one. I knew you were going to give it five stars. Of course it is. Ugh. Your weird obsession with cannibal I'm literature. I'm just fascinated. Why? What makes you do it? Does it taste good? I don't really want to know. But I want to know. It's a weird fascination. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, and then they go to Lord of the Flies. Cannibalism there. Yeah. <laughs> Cannibalism's yeah. everywhere. There's more cannibals in this book. We're going to be chit-chatting. So, Percy goes to his last day of Meriwether College Prep, so this is like a super privileged private school. And they're like freaking tie-dye shirts. It's very hippie. I feel God, like it, I would be so annoyed. <laughs> I feel like if it wasn't the school that it is, it would be a charter school. Yeah. But it they, seems like he's doing good at the school. Like, yeah. It's like they, they, the teachers really work with him with his ADHD and dyslexia, yeah. and like he doesn't have that many friends, but as yeah. we'll find out, but... I don't know. He seems happy. Yeah, he's like, all right, everything's going pretty well. Um, So there's one bully, Matt Sloan, who I think is worse than Nancy Boba Fett because the answer is just kind of dumb. Yes. But Matt knows, like, what he's doing, seems mm-hmm. like. So he's really mean. I feel like he's a bit more manipulative. Yeah, he's rich. And he, uh, the example of him is, like, he took his daddy's Porsche for a joyride and ran into a sign. <laughs> Please <laughs> slow down for children's sign. Which is really funny. Yeah. I have a or we have a please slow down for children sign on my driveway, and it fell off this winter, so now it's sitting on um my front porch. And my like someone came over and they were like, um, why do you have a please slow down for children? And I was like, oh, because I was just, <laughs> I was bad. <laughs> Haven't put it back up yet. Okay. There. Okay, so that was the school bully. So. Percy's friend at the school is Tyson, who's a homeless kid who is adopted by the school as a community service project. This sort of weirds me out because, so they say that they've sent social security workers down Mm -hmm. his alleyway, like to the garbage can that he lives in, to check him out. And they say that he doesn't exist, which means the government doesn't know that this person exists how would you get into school? Don't you have to have, like, a lot of paperwork? Okay, you're just doing the magic hands. <laughs> in the, that, uh, it shouldn't be an answer for everything. Magic is not the it's answer. <laughs> magic is not the answer. It's the mist. Every time Sally calls social services, they're like, I don't know who this person is. It's because of the mist. I know it is, but that... There needs to be more. There needs to be, like, an inside man who's, like, deleting everything. Or at least a person at the school that knows that he's a monster and knows that he doesn't have any paperwork and is like, well, a young monster needs an education, too. <laughs> That's the creepy old man who lives in the records room of that Meriwether prep. <laughs> he lives there. <laughs> he lives there. He doesn't Maybe it was Tyson himself. Yeah. Yeah. Tyson, the innocent baby boy, mm-hmm. goes in and like, <laughs> me need to be with Percy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Interesting question. So, yeah, Tyson is like this little enigma. 
But Percy can never look him straight in the face, so he yeah. can never look past, like, his teeth. Because his but, teeth are gross. Yeah. I've had people like that where it's like, oh, I can't, I can't look at that. Okay, I'll look at this. But, like. Yeah. Their teeth are really gross and distracting. <laughs> yeah. Take care of teeth, people. Yes. <laughs> teeth. Teeth are important. Yeah. Take, so, as my mom says, floss and you'll save yourself millions of dollars in dental work. <laughs> I like how we both have relatives who are in the dental profession. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt Sloan tries to bully Tyson, but because Percy is like a kick-ass dude, he stands up for Tyson and yeah. Matt swears to get revenge on Percy during PE, which is totally a seventh grade thing to do. I really liked the teacher's names. Like the science teacher is Mrs. Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked the English teacher. I think that he's a bit oblivious to what's going on in his class. He's yeah. just like, great example of the Lord of the Flies, you guys. But it's like, no, no. It was too good of an example for kids who probably haven't read the book. <laughs> Do you think Mr. DeMilo is a reference to anything? Or is it just a fun name? I think maybe it's just a fun name. Who knows? But I love this. So Percy gets to class. And it's his social studies class, and he has a picture of Annabeth in his binder. Oh. So I love in the picture, she's standing in front of the Lincoln Memorial with her arms crossed like all sassy, and she's wearing jeans, a Camp Athlete t-shirt, a denim jacket, and a bandana. She's just so (laughs) cool. I can't handle it. And she's like standing there like, I could care less about this. But I'm like, what year is she from right now yeah. in this picture? I think she's from 19, or I think she's from like 1999 leading into 2003. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can just picture like. Because I know I have photos of myself like that. Oh yeah, denim on denim was a thing. Denim on before denim. Before it became a thing again. Yeah, denim on denim with a bandana in your hair. Ooh, ponytail. Total look. I yeah. went to Girl Scout camp. I know how it's done. <laughs> I just imagine Rick had like a picture of his wife from the nineties or something. Was like that's yeah. fashionable. <laughs> <laughs> that's something Annabeth would wear. <laughs> but also, like she spends her whole life practically at camp. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I I said that she's like done with it. She's not done with it. She's seen better. She's seen it. Olympus, and she knows what she wants to improve there. Yeah. Lincoln <laughs> Memorial is nothing compared to what she has in her mind. Yeah. It's and so then funny. Percy and... just gazing at it like, oh, I miss Camp Half-Blood. No one yeah. misses her. And oh, Annabeth emailed him the picture. So that just means he printed it off at some gross printer station, probably <laughs> at like the school library, like... Hopefully no one sees me printing this photo out. The librarian coming up to him and yelling at him for using coloring. (laughs) He's like, it's just my reminder that camp was real. It's not just in my mind. Yeah, okay. Okay, Percy, we'll leave it at that. And then uh, Sloane comes up and makes fun of him for like, oh, that's your girlfriend. Yeah, he's like, no, it's not. But... Sloan tears the photo out of Percy's binder and hands it to his buddies. And they all have name tags on it. And his name is like 
marrow sucker, skull eater, and Joe Bob. And he <laughs> says, he thinks no human beings had names like that. I'm nope. like, Percy, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> what is the world you live in? Like, I know you've had a calm school year, but come on. So he's obviously back to being super oblivious. Yeah. And also when he was like, then when the bullies left, he sees yet another shadow without a shadow or something like that. Shadow without a shadow. Oh, wait. No, it isn't. Someone called his name. I thought it was yeah, someone another says shadow. His name. Someone says her name, which we explain. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. <laughs> and, but he looks and there's nothing there. So he's like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. So they go to PE, and yes, they wear tie-dye t-shirts with sky blue gym shorts. Looks, in my mind's eye, they look stupid. Yeah. Not, no PE I wonder if they tied it them, tie-dyed them, it themselves, so that maybe oh. they could have chosen the colors. So like it wasn't of the rainbow. Bonding. Yeah, so maybe it's not all rainbow tie-dye, which I can't stand. <laughs> so maybe it's like, oh, someone did selective, like, Purple, green, and blue, or yeah. something. I did and that. Someone tie dyed it so it's in a lot of stripes. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, <laughs> I can All see right. it happening. We're we're improving the school already. Um. Yeah. So they're in PD, PE in their ugly PE uniforms. Yeah. And so they're playing dodgeball, and Matt Sloan is being violent, and the new guys are like surprisingly oh. strong rowing the dodgeballs. Yeah. And then Tyson is like, I'm scared. It smells funny. And Percy's like, whatever, Tyson. I'm like, no, no. Percy, for a smart guy, you're oblivious. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. So it turns out that these new guys, Marrow Sucker Skull Eater and Joe Bob, are actually Lastragonian cannibals. Lastragonian. Yeah. We'll talk to them about them in the Bring on the Monsters. Yes. But there's some interesting dudes. So the dodgeballs turn into these, like, flaming copper balls. Yeah. <laughs> throwing at the kids and, like... Throwing cannonballs. Chaos ensues. Everybody's screaming. <gasps> They're cannibals throwing cannonballs. <laughs> <laughs> Creating chaos. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's screaming and Percy's like, oh my god, what is happening? And he doesn't have Riptide because it's in his jeans in his locker. Mm-hmm. He's like, pockets ah! are important people, always. Yes. Always carry, and I don't know, always carry a pen. Yep. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why you carry a pen. Always have room for what's important, which yeah. might be a pen that can turn into a sword. <laughs> so Tyson saves everybody's lives, basically, by catching these cannonballs. <gasps> and Percy's like, what is going on? Whoa, he's really good at dodgeball. <laughs> yeah. So Tyson, like, hurls the cannonballs back to the Lacedronians, and uh, Percy's like, oh my god, he's going to be, like, burnt to a crisp. Mm-hmm. And he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. And Magic. So Percy, like, gets one of them to throw a ball at, like, the locker room door and whatever, and, like, a giant hole gets blown in the wall of the gym to, like, the street. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, like, smoke everywhere. It's just complete chaos. Um, so basically there's, like, it gets down to two. Tyson kills, well, dusts. Yeah. Evaporates one of the monsters. Disperses. the other one is, like, looming over Percy. And then all of a sudden there's a knife in him. Because <gasps> knives are good for more than cutting ropes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Annabeth. Annabeth <gasps> shows up. 
Wait, has she been here the whole time? I don't know. Maybe she was the one watching Percy sleep. And watching him look at her picture. <laughs> and standing at his locker waiting for him to get back. And, and defend uh, when he defended her name against the bullies. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Basically. So she's been like lurking the whole time. Keeping an eye out and like <gasps> saves Percy's life. She's watching him sleep. So she had the opportunity to wake him up once again and say, you drooling your sleep. And she <laughs> missed it. Ugh. Why didn't she just go in there? At that point, and be like, hey, listen, we got If she go. had, like, knocked on the door and talked to Sally... There you go. Sally's a nice person. Sally's she is a queen, queen among women. So, I love also that after Annabeth stabs the, like, Strigodian, she punches Matt Sloan in the face for being a jerk. Yes. This is so good. <laughs> and he's like, lay off my friend. Pow! <laughs> Which has just proved that she's been watching. Yes. So the adults finally make their way into the gym after <gasps> there's a hole finally. in the wall and the locker room door blew off and Matt Sloan screams that Percy set the gym on fire and blew a giant hole in the wall somehow. And so Percy, Tyson, and Annabeth jump out the hole in the wall and into the street and yep. run away. Flee into the distance. All Goodbye. Right. Chapter 3. We hail the taxi of internal torment. <laughs> I like this one. I gave it five stars. Oh, I gave it like, I gave it two and a half. Really? You didn't find that like extremely enticing? I did, but it's not funny. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I don't know. I like it. I think it just <laughs> doesn't roll for me. <laughs> I like it. It sounded like... Exciting and scary. Well, it's coming from cannibals, and then it's going, eternal torment, okay. But it's a taxi. But it's... cannibals. <laughs> can... Okay, we need to finalize our rating system. <laughs> that makes no sense. I never will. I'm not changing a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Percy obviously doesn't understand why Annabeth is in New York. She looks terrible, her chin is scratched. She has, like, nature in her ponytail. She has been through some stuff. Yeah, and we have no idea what it is. Wait, okay, so she's coming from Virginia North. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't she have gone through New Jersey and past Camp Half-Blood? No. No? No, because Camp Half-Blood is on the Long Island Sound. Oh. And in this, they go through Brooklyn. Brooklyn is on the east side of New York City. I don't know geography. <laughs> You're just confusing me more. So, no, it's, it is, she, she is making a stop along her way. Okay. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, she didn't go through a camp. Okay. So, he, Percy also doesn't understand why Annabeth is being really weird toward Tyson. Yeah. Because, I mean, Tyson's like mean Annabeth's to him nice or at girl. least. Yeah. Like. Snobby or whatever. Like, ugh, doesn't ugh. want to, and like. Tyson's just being a sweetheart, being like, she's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also, side note, it's interesting to see how much more commenting there is on Annabeth being pretty mm -hmm. in this book already Yeah. in the first three chapters than there were in, like, the entirety of the last book. Yes. I'm excited. <laughs> They're growing She's up. She's pretty. So, <laughs> Tyson, Percy thinks that Tyson is going to be all burnt up, but he's not, much to Percy's surprise. <gasps> Gasp. 
Um, so Annabeth says that she has also been having dreams, but her dreams are not about Grover. Yeah. They are about trouble at camp. Yeah. So she seems to believe that Tyson is the reason that Percy hasn't been attacked by monsters all year. And he's just kind of like, why would that make a difference? Mm-hmm. So Percy explains to Tyson and recaps for us readers about the demigods and everything. And Tyson doesn't really seem confused about any of it until Percy says that Poseidon is his father. And he's like, oh, wait, your father's Poseidon? And Percy's just like, yeah, man. Um, But Tyson is just kind of rolling with it. He's not confused at all. Yeah. So Annabeth's like, all right, we have to get to camp. So she hails the Chariot of Damnation, a.k.a. the Grey Sisters Taxi. Sounds really safe. Yep. (laughs) And it's the fastest way to get to camp. So she's like, all right, we're doing it. Mm -hmm. So it's like this smoky gray taxi, and it's driven by three old women who all share one tooth and one eyeball. which And don't seem to like each other. No, they fight a lot. Uh, and Tyson's about to get sick in the back, and they're rushing through, and then they lose yeah. the eye, and Percy has the eye. Tell me the lo- tell me something. Yeah, because they're driving. I said it's like a mix between a roller coaster and bumper cars driving yeah. through the city. So Jeez. yeah, one of them screams that they know the location Percy seeks, and Percy's like, "I didn't know I was seeking a location." <laughs> yeah. Like, can you tell me more about this? And they're like, "No, no, no, we can't, we can't." Every time we tell, something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, the eyeball flies into Percy's lap, and he's like, "Tell me what you're talking about." What is it? She says like, "Oh, we've had many famous people in this cab. Remember, or Jason? You remember him? Or that's Anger says this, and." So, I was doing research on the Grey, La- the Grey Sisters, and from what I can tell, I don't think that they've ever met a Jason hero. Mm-hmm. And I know that one of the characters in Heroes of Olympus is named Jason, and he's active around the same time. Oh. So, I wonder if they're talking about, like, oh, this other demigod. Oh, wait, we're not supposed to talk about yeah, but, who knows? But if I am wrong about not them not meeting other Jasons, tell me, please. I need, <laughs> help me. I couldn't find anything. So their names are Wasp, Tempest, and Amy. Anger. Yeah. <laughs> Sound like some nice people. So once Percy has the eyeball um, and is bribing them with it, all they'll say is 30, 31, 75, 12. Yeah. Could well, it's a location, so it can't be like a lock. Oh, maybe it's coordinates, but that's like the weirdest set of coordinates I ever saw. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very exact altitude. Altitude. Yeah. Would that be like the fourth number or whatever? <laughs> well, because there's like all different kinds of like you can measure like the altitude and other things that I can't remember. But that would be good for Percy because Percy can't fly. <laughs> Who said this is going to be good for Percy? We never... Nobody ever started out this... Oh, this is going to be great for Percy Jackson. <laughs> we'll have a lot of fun doing this. It's a great excursion. I don't know. But Percy sure doesn't know. And they got to Camp Half-Blood. So hooray. And they didn't die along the way. But now... They may die once they're there. Chapter 4 is called Tyson Plays with Fire. And I gave that three stars. I gave it three as well. Matchy match. (laughs) 
I mean, it sounds exciting, but we already know that he's resistant to fire, so it's not that exciting. Yeah. Also, camp well, we're is not under completely attack. sure he's resistant to fire. I he's mean, resistant to flaming cannonballs. Yeah, that's the same thing in my mind. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can see that. <laughs> I love, I love the first chap, the first line of this chapter. Mythologically speaking, if there's anything I hate worse than trios of old ladies, it's bulls. <laughs> Somehow he encounters both of those in the last book, too. Yeah, in the, in the first few chapters, too. It's so funny. Poor I wonder if it'll, it'll happen in the, the other books, too. Yeah, just keep an eye out. He's like, and he just avoids, like, cattle farms and, like, retirement homes at all costs. <laughs> Percy is going, I hate cows. Like going pet like when when driving and you see a cow and everyone in the car goes, Cows cow and Percy in the back, I hate cows. <laughs> Fine then. <laughs> but yeah, so in The Lightning Thief he fought a Minotaur on top of Half Blood Hill, but this mm-hmm. time it's two bronze fire breathing bulls. And they were fighting a bunch of campers on the top of the hill. How refreshing. Uh, I don't know. A refreshing new change of pace. A different kind of bull. (laughs) Yeah. Instead of a live monster, it's a metal monster. God. But the biggest thing, besides everything we just said, is that they are going through the magic barrier created by Talia's tree. Yeah. Which should not be possible. No. But it is somehow. Mm-hmm. And while they're fighting, they like he uh, he notices that they, when they do go through where the barrier should be, they slow down. Mm-hmm. So they're still getting some resistance, but it's only for like a few seconds. And yeah. Then they just barrel so right, right now, maybe the border can keep out the small monsters or the young monsters, but not. Right. So the border is weakening. So um, Percy goes to try to help Clarice, but makes things worse. Percy. Just stay down here. Let Tyson go fight. And Percy's like, are you nuts? Like, he's immortal. I'm not letting him go fight the bulls. Well, Percy, one, thinks he's immortal. Two, he thinks, like, oh, he's just, like, an innocent little baby who needs protection. He spent the whole last year protecting Tyson from bullies. Yeah, so Percy's like, no way, Jose. Um, So, of course, he runs up there to help Clarice, distracts her. Makes things worse. The bull, like... People's heads are on fire. They say <laughs> they're the helmets, but... Something's like that. If the helmet's <laughs> on fire, so is the head. It's the plumes on top of the helmets. Uh, Either way, so... the head's on fire. I would be leaving. <laughs> yeah, so, like, basically they're all running around screaming. Percy, like, slashes a gash in one of the bulls, but then his foot gets caught on a tree root, maybe... And he, like, falls and he can't stand because his ankle is twisted, possibly yeah. broken. So Tyson is trying to, like, go help Percy because he's so sweet. But he can't get through the barrier. And Annabeth is like, I, Annabeth Chase, give you permission to enter camp. Yeah. So basically Tyson stops the bull from destroying Percy in, like, a ball of flame. Yeah. But smooshing his face real hard. Wow, bad cow, he says. Which is cute. And then I like how after Tyson says bad cow, it's like bad cow number two was downhill. (laughs) After, like, Clarice takes care of the other bull, Tyson takes care of this one, everybody's like... And then, like, Clarice comes up and, like, yelling at them. Yeah. 
And like, like of course this is happening because someone has done this to Talia's tree, and they're like, what is this? And yeah. it's clear that the tree has been poisoned. And so it's, I think, the third to last cha- uh, uh, paragraph in this chapter. And it says, every, chap- or every camper knew the story behind the tree. Blah, 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 blah. And he explains the story of Talia. I don't know if I would agree with the whole every camper thing, because that would mean that, like, oh, in orientation, when you come to Camp Half-Blood, you're going to get told the story of Talia. That's a really personal story. It took a lot for Grover to tell Percy it in The Lightning Thief. Why would everybody know? Well, I don't think it's like they sit them down at orientation and they're like, this okay, is the so history of the tree. That means that just campers are sitting at home, or in their cabins talking about, like, all right, so here's the history of Camp Half-Blood. This is the tree. But Percy, I would say I would understand that he didn't know that then if he had it stayed at the Hermes cabin for so long. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if it was something that the campers just talked about, Percy would have known. Mm, maybe it's like, because, okay, so. But this maybe... is just me highlighting one word every camper, or every. <laughs> yeah, but like maybe it's not that they know the whole story, but they know like how, like what the tree is and how it came to be. They yeah. might not know Like, like they know the that it, it contains the spirit of a daughter of Zeus. Yeah. Okay. And, so, you know, obviously they probably didn't all sit down with Grover and Luke and Annabeth and be like, tell me all your details that you don't want to talk about. Tell me your sad story. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's just like they know the gist. Yeah. So um, before Percy realizes that the tree has been poisoned, he, uh, Annabeth is like helping him, giving him uh, nectar to help his twisted ankle. Yeah. And he's like, Annabeth says something about... Where'd it go? Oh, because Tyson is sad that he disobeyed Percy. And he's like, I'm sorry, I came to help. I disobeyed you. And Annabeth's like, no, it's totally my fault. Like, I gave you permission to cross the barrier. Mm-hmm. And Percy's like, what do you mean you gave him permission to cross the barrier? Yeah. And Annabeth's like... He's all like, he's got permission. Yeah. Like, he's got freedom. <laughs> yeah. And he's... So Annabeth is like, have you ever, like, really looked at him? And Percy's like, well, no. So he's like... Annabeth says, ignore the mist and really look him in the face. And so Percy does, and he realizes that Tyson is a cyclops. Yeah. Oh, well, in a good way. I don't know. I don't know why I said, uh oh, I love Tyson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Tyson too, but it is kind of an uh oh because they have like a really bad reputation. They do. And they are technically monsters. Exactly. And Annabeth sort of explains where Tyson. Uh, where- Cyclops come from, and he she explains that they're children of a certain god. Yeah, <laughs> but she doesn't name and that god. And it's like, uh oh, mm-hmm. uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> so she says that they're mistakes, which is kind of sad to think mm-hmm. about. Like, oh, this thing that you created is a mistake. So yeah, and then Percy realizes that the tree has been poisoned, and Clarice mentions Tantalus. And Percy's like, who's that? So, you keep reading, and you get to chapter five. <gasps> chapter five, I get a new cabin mate. Two stars. Not that exciting. Yeah, I get three. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is kind of exciting because I it's think, Poseidon. Yeah. 
I feel like if it was phrased differently, but it would be like, I got a new cabin mate. I think it would be more exciting if, like, I, I find out I have a brother, like, or something like that. I discover I have a half-brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's, like, an air of danger at camp now. Like, everybody, like, somebody has messed with the place, and everybody's busy and worried, and they're, like, carrying swords and stuff. Everybody is worried except Tyson, who's yeah. just, like, mystified by everything he sees. And he's like, what's that? What's that? He's What's just so that? cute. He's so little. I think it's like that part in particular, like the "What's that?" Yeah. that is makes it obvious that he's a baby. Mm-hmm. Basically, he's yeah. like five. He's like a or like yeah. I was gonna say like a three to five year old. Yeah. <laughs> um, What's that? What's that? It's funny though. He says, "What's that?" And Percy says, "Um, those are the toilets." <laughs> But then, like, Percy has a memory about the toilets. And- yeah. <laughs> True. My favorite line was in this chapter. It was, somebody has messed with my favorite place in the world, and I was not, well, a happy camper. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good line. It's so cute, and it's just like, yes, this is, it, it sort of, it, it brings home that this is home to him, and someone's someone's messed with his home yeah. and also it sort of highlights that he's still funny he's, yeah. it, it just highlights his personality of being like yes I take this serious but at the same time I can be lighthearted about it yeah so they go get up to the big house and they find Chiron in his apartment in the big house listening love to it. 1960s music and packing up his things love it I'd do it and so Annabeth's like what are you doing like where are you going what's going on so basically Chiron was fired because Zeus was upset about the poisoning of the tree that holds his daughter's spirit and instead of you know processing it processing it like an adult (laughs) he makes Mr. D punish someone and Mr. D's not gonna punish himself so he punishes Chiron just punish someone that never works well nope so he Chiron has basically been fired slash kicked out of the camp. Yeah. And I think Annabeth makes, like, a good point towards the end. She's just like, wait, if you're leaving camp, or, like, you're, you're the reason that you were granted immortality is because you were told that you're going to, you're going to teach, teach demigods. And now that you're not teaching demigods, are you not immortal? Like. Right. So, I would think that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big possibility that he could leave and never come back. Yeah, and I would think that he would have a big target on him for being yeah. the teacher of a de- lots of demigods. Monsters would be like, let's get rid of him, and we yeah. get like, free pickings on all these demigods. That's a good point. Tasty, oh. tasty demigods. Also, we forgot that Argus got fired, too. Yeah. The man with a thousand eyes. Mm-hmm. So... Chiron says that there is one source of magic that could save the tree and save the camp, but conveniently, he it was lost centuries ago, and yeah, and he won't tell them, because he doesn't want them to go on a quest by themselves. Um, but I did actually like the way Rick introduced this quest. I thought he did a really nice yeah. job. And I, so I like the reminding of the power of the name thing. We talked a lot about that in the beginning of mm-hmm. the Lightning Thief. Right. Where they're like, oh, don't talk, don't say the name of the gods. And they do that with Kronos. Uh, right. Because Percy almost mentions Kronos and Chiron is like, don't use his name here at this camp right nope. now. 
boy. Danger, so, danger, Will Robinson. But he still makes Annabeth promise upon the River Styx that she will do anything it takes to keep Percy from danger. That's I feel intense. like that's going to lead to some bad decisions. Yeah, like that. Why would he make a 13-year-old girl swear upon the no, river? That's I get like, that it's like pro- she's probably one of the most responsible people that he knows. Yeah, <laughs> true. But, but still, like that's one of those things you can't go back on. That's Once you make that promise, you keep it. Yeah. And like when does that end? Exactly. Never. Like what? What? It's, it's he basically just made Annabeth's promise to be Percy's guard for forever. Yeah. And what happens if she fails? Who knows? Nothing good. But he also is like, remember the prophecy, Annabeth. <laughs> Riding <laughs> off into distance. And Percy's like, oh, is this the prophecy you're not allowed to tell me about? And they don't acknowledge him. Right. And he's like, okay, just making sure. <sighs> so Chiron leaves to go into hiding with his fellow centaurs in the Everglades. And he is hopeful that they would have an am- antidote for the tree. Yeah. And I like it how the centaurs, the party animals, live in the Everglades, Florida Everglades. The man from Thor- Florida ma- memes and stuff. <laughs> Florida man. Today, a Florida this. man did this. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Yeah, and then we also get, like, this nice reminder that, like, big three demigods caused World War Two and blah, blah, blah. Yep. So Annabeth is, like, really upset about Chiron leaving because he's, like, a second father to her. Yeah. The whole camp goes to dinner, and everybody's like, nobody really seems concerned about, you know, the flaming bulls that a bunch of teenagers just destroyed on the top no. of the hill. Everybody's like, oh, it's fine. Like, they just left the bulls on the hill. I can just imagine they're just like, yeah, that smoking. one is still just, one of them is still moving around. He has a <laughs> smushed head, or like, he has half of a face, and didn't Annabeth, or no, Clarice uh, pinned one of its feet down. And he's in sort of slow motion running around in circles. Yeah. And they're all, they're all just going to go have barbecue. Maybe the Hephaestus kids will come over and like... Dis- Destroy them. Like disassemble them yeah. and like re- repurpose the metal. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. So we get this randomly long description of a bunch of the campers. Yeah. Including Charles Beckendorf, who's from the Hephaestus cabin, and Travis and Connor Stoll, who are from the Hermes cabin. I like it. I think his it's like Rick's way of slowly reintroducing, or like he's just like, oh, I didn't introduce you to that many people in Camp Half-Blood, yeah. and I want to remind you, all these other people are here. True. And like, you don't know, um, like, if they're going to come in later. Yeah. Um, I love Clarice. Someone's bullying her within her own cabin, which is just heartbreaking. Because isn't she supposed to be like, she's supposed to be a top dog, and someone's Someone's trying to usurp her power. You just have a soft spot for her. I do, but stop calling her Moo Girl. Yeah, but it's kind of a ridiculous, like, ineffective way to make fun of someone because she literally destroyed one of the cows. Yeah. So. Well, I feel like if it was done to a less confident person. Yeah. Is she confident, though? She puts on airs of confidence, which convince people not to make fun of her in person. So maybe she's getting less confident. Oh, that's Something's sad. going on. Oh my god, you're obsessed. Oh, so, <laughs> Quinn's favorite character, Clarice. Controversial, I know. <laughs> so Percy sees Mr. D, who's just an overgrown brat. He's the same as usual. Calls Percy Peter Johnson again. Yep. Um, 
Although I gotta fake... defend Clarice one second. Oh my god. One second. I'm gonna introduce no. So Clarice also stands up when she when they're uh, when Mr. D and this whatever tinnitus tantalus tantalus are like oh we're not gonna do anything about border patrol just do all this stuff and just don't do this and she stands up and is like uh not good idea and she's a good person okay she's afraid of losing the camp because this is her home too i know so she's a good person it doesn't make someone a good person I think you can be afraid of losing something and not be a okay, good person. But she's she's on the right side. <laughs> because it benefits her. Uh, I don't know if I could... Uh, I would like to say that she appreciates camp for what it is. I don't think that she wants all of her siblings and half-siblings and all those other... Whatever, to die because of not having camp cousins. cousins. All her cousins. All the people at camp to die because not having access to them. I wouldn't say that she's a... Heartless person? No. Well, she's not nice. But being not nice does not make you heartless. True. (laughs) Speaking of Tantalus, we are introduced to the new camp director, who is gross. Yeah. He's like this super skinny, thin dude with gray hair, and he wears a pr- prisoner's jumpsuit with the number 0001 on the pocket. Yep. Which is just not good. Um, Mr. D has a newspaper with Percy's face on the front. Yeah. The, it's like, is, it, is Percy Jackson responsible for the gym blow up? And yeah. And the prep is just like restarting the cycle that we stopped last time. But yeah, so then he sees Tantalus, who's gross. Uh, Tantalus orders Tyson to stay by him while they decide his fate, which is just not good. No. He gives Percy a hard time, and Percy's like, yo, I know you. You were a prisoner in Tartarus. Like, I've heard of you. And Tantalus is like, whatever. He has a famous punishment. Yeah. And Tantalus is just over it. And he's like, you're not impressing me. (laughs) Yeah, he's not. He's not worried about anybody. Mm-mm. So he does. It almost un- seems like he wants the camp to be destroyed. Yeah, like he's not there for a good time. No, and <laughs> it's disturbing to me that the gods would allow Tantalus. Yeah. In the camp at all, we'll yeah. talk about his backstory a bit more in Oh My Gods, but yeah, it's I got. I he's that not too. someone who needs to be by children. Like, what made it okay for Mr. D to claim him as the new activities director? Yeah. I feel like Prometheus would be better, and he's like, a freaking anybody titan. anybody would be better. Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> but Zeus, like, Zeus is just looking down at this, and he's like, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, why? Yeah. Come on, Zeus. Manage your kingdom. Manage <laughs> your people. Be a king. Gosh darn it. So, Tantalus announces that the chariot races will be reinstated. And yes, Clarice protests that. And she does At the so. same time, she does sound very, seem very excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't want the time to be taken away from the Border Patrol. And there were three deaths and 26 mutilations the last time they had chariot races. Well, it's like Quidditch. Not, like, Quidditch is something, like, what it's like before they had, like, oh, what is it? Like, oh, we had to do these rules because people kept disappearing 
Or like, yeah. these, however many people have died, oh, we don't let first years go to the Twitch tryouts <laughs> because it's likely he'll die. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very dangerous game. Maybe it's a trope for YA books. Wait, oh, we're gonna give you a spark. You <laughs> may die. It's a very dangerous one. As Tantalus is deciding what to do, to what to do with Tyson, he asks, "Who wants to house Tyson?" And nobody volunteers. Mm, sad. And Percy has this moment where he's like, oh, "Gonna have to volunteer," kind of thing. And I mean, it's just like I feel like he would have, but. So but at the same time, like, he didn't exactly jump at it. No, you know? it's a, yeah. So it's like, why didn't he speak up before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's just, like, watching everybody um, not say anything. He, basically, everybody's staring at Tyson. People are laughing, except Annabeth and a few of Percy's other camp friends. He does yes. have that other friends. Yeah. Which is good. And then Poseidon floats a trident over Tyson's head. Yeah, he claims Tyson. Yep. I feel like that would be really... I th- feel like that would anger a lot of the people. Because it says that like people year- wait years to be claimed. Mm-hmm. And there's some people who are never claimed. And all those people are at the Hermes cabin. And I wouldn't think that those people would be happy that a god claimed a cyclops. A cyclops instead of them. Yeah. yeah. Why do you... Why do people, why do the gods not claim their kids? I don't know. Like, it's never Maybe really there's well like one god that's like just... Makes too many. Yeah, alright. That is the first five chapters of Sea of Monsters. And, yeah. And and we end with Tyson moving in with Percy. Yep. Is Percy excited? Nope. Nope. <laughs> not... His life has changed forever, though. At all. It's, yeah, he has like all these weird, like conflicting feelings and stuff about Tyson. Yeah. Which, I mean, is natural, Mm -hmm. I guess. Just kind of sad. Are you ready for Bring on the Monsters? I don't know. Are you? Yep. Okay, so Bring on the Monsters. (laughs) So the Lastergonian giants were one of the tribes of people that Odysseus came across on his Odyssey. It was actually one of the first things that he came across. And so... The story behind it is that he Odysseus and a few of his men uh, came in with all of their boats. They had like 12 ships. And they came in the harbor and Odysseus parked outside of the harbor, but still there. And he got off the boat and a few other people got off the boat and were like, we'll go talk to the people of this place and make friends. And they made friends with one person who led them to another person who was the wife of the king of the Lastragonians. And she is described as a woman of, quote, monstrous proportions, which is where the giant part. And, like, the the men are sort of described as, like, at least eight foot tall, maybe larger. They're giants and cannibals. They ate at least... From what I saw in the research, at least one of Odysseus's men. And then, after the one was eaten in front of them, they all went, Ah! <laughs> and Odysseus and his men ran back to his ship, their ship and tried to go away. Unfortunately, the Lastagonians were very mean and big. And they went to the edges of the harbor... And they threw rocks down on the ships. Mm. So 11 of the 12 ships were destroyed. Oh my gosh. And that's what kicks off Odyssey. But, so the Lastergonian giants are giant 
cannibals. Sounds terrifying. Yeah. Sun. <laughs> and uh, the reason they're from up north is because according in the, I don't know, according to one f- whoever decided to map out the Odyssey, they figured, oh, it's north. Is that why Annabeth refers to them as Canadians? Yeah. <laughs> so they're the northern giants. <laughs> That's funny. Another monster that we come across is the Colchis bull. So the Colchis bulls were two fire-breathing bulls who were created by Hephaestus and given to King Aetes of Colchis, hence the name Colchis bulls. And Colchis is an island where er, the Golden Fleece was from. So, foreshadowing? Mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and the whole... The story of the bulls was that Aetes, I don't know how to say that. Kirkus is as good as mine. There's a lot of E's in there. (laughs) Um, Almost all vowels. He promised Jason to, uh, he promised Jason that he could have the Golden Fleece if he could do certain tasks. And one of the tasks was to yoke, yoke the bulls and plow a field with them. And sow the field with dragon's teeth. Oh. Jason had some trouble taming the bulls. And he uh, sort of went up to Medea, who was Aetes' daughter, and who unfortunately fell in love with Jason. Oh, boy. uh, And was like, hey, uh, the bulls are really, uh, they're hot because they believe fire and stuff, man. Could you, like, help me out? And she's being just like, I don't know, Medea made a potion and gave it to him and it made him basically fireproof or, oh, wow. and he was able to succeed in passing that trial convenient not telling you anything more because i have a hard feeling that sea montes we're gonna learn a lot about jason and the argonauts <laughs> and the golden fleece probably. um <laughs> uh, and probably a lot about the odyssey as well so the other monster I feel so terrible for calling him a monster is the Cyclops. We meet Tyson. So Cyclops, there's sort of two different kinds of Cyclops in Greek mythology. One is the, like, cannibalistic, scary monsters, one-eyed monsters who live in, like, creepy places, in caves right. and eat people. The others, there, there's also three Cyclopses who were the son of... Sons of Oranus and Ge- Gaia, and there's a whole big thing of like Oranus didn't like that she he gave birth to ugly babies and he stuffed it back into Gaia. <laughs> it gets brutal there, but basically they these sons um the Cyclops triplets they uh became the forgers of the gods they became the blacksmiths oh. of the gods. Uh, they are the ones who made Zeus's thunderbolt or lightning bolt. So thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Causing all this trouble. Yeah. And then I I don't know if I really saw anything directly to the Cyclops being children of Poseidon. But I don't know. I didn't do a crazy, crazy amount of research on them once mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's like two kinds of Cyclops. I wrote that down. Um, so as we go on and we meet more Cyclops, maybe I will probably get more in depth Yeah. for that stuff, but. So they, they also like make stuff for Hephaestus, right? Yes. Because they became like the blacksmith of the gods. So then 
oh, but Hephaestus is the god of blacksmiths. So then they're like, oh, well, we can't have these monstrous creatures above the god. So he's that. Yeah. And it all depends on what story you're reading. Right. Cool. Mythology is complicated. True that. Okay. So you ready for, oh my god. Oh my gods. Oh, okay. First godlike creatures that we met. I don't know. I don't like calling them gods, but they're gods. Okay, so the first godly creatures that we meet are the Grey Sisters, who drive the Taxi of the Eternal Dam- Damnation in Percy Jackson. In mythology, they are also known as the Grey. Grey. <laughs> they were three sisters who share one eye and one tooth between the three of them. Very unhygienic. And yeah, that's gross. their names were Dino, the dread, uh, Yino, horror, Pemfrido, 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 Pemfrido. Uh, Alarm. I'm so alarmed by the name Pemfrido. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they appear in the story of Perseus, which we talked Ooh. about in our episode where we saw Medusa. But so uh, they appear in the story of Perseus when they are, tr- or when he is trying to find out where three magical objects are that he uses to defeat Medusa. And he goes to the cave and he's like, where are the objects? And they're like, we won't tell you. So he steals the eye. Mm. And he's like, tell me or you don't get to see anymore. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Do you remember the objects? Nope. What are they? There is the reflective shield, I think, flying shoes, and a cap of invisibility. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because they, ha- oh, Percy, Annabeth, and Grover had them when facing the Yeah. Desert. So the other godly creature, person, thing, I don't know if it's godly, we meet is Tantalus. And the reason he's so godly is because he was the son of Zeus. Um, I'm not going to go into the full background of Tantalus because I think we're going to be meeting him again and we're going to be hearing more about his background so I don't want to spoil, uh, spoil it all. But I will talk about his punishment. And so he was basically, he had like, I, I feel like it's almost like the original sin or whatever. Like he was like one of the first mm. guys to get a specific punishment. That might be why he has the 001 on his p- prison jumpsuit. first bad guy. Yeah. Uh, basically, he, he, he did like three bad things to anger the gods. One, he abused divine favor, like he abused the privilege that he had by just hanging out with the gods. He also stole the gods' food, and he killed one of his sons, and he chopped him up and put him in some food and fed him to the gods. Ugh. I'll tell you more in-depth story of how it turned out for that, but uh, in another episode... But know that he was punished for these things that he was, he did. And his punishment was that he was in the underworld. He would sit in a pool of water or stand in a pool of water right underneath the branches of a, a some kind of fruit bearing tree. Depends on the boot or myth what fruit it is. But uh, so let's say apple tree. But if you would reach for an apple, the tree would grow higher. And if you reach for water, the water would recede. 
What if he just kept reaching for the water and just walked out of the pool? He would still not be able to eat. (laughs) (laughs) And he would still be dead. (laughs) Well, we do actually see that uh, at camp because he's trying to eat the barbecue and drink the root beer and he can't. Yeah. That Mr. D is like, don't worry, old friend. It'll wear off eventually. Maybe a few thousand years. I feel like Mr. D's just, he's tantalizing Tantalus. <laughs> See what you did there. Get it? Yeah. And actually, we get the word tantalize from Tantalus because yeah. he's being tantalized. <laughs> With the fruit and water. Being tempted. Uh, yeah, and that's yeah. all the gods and monsters that we met. They're really intense punishments. They do. There's a lot of really intense punishments in the underworld. Yeah. Now, we are on to quest query. <gasps> quest query? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> do you think Tyson chose his name or was it given to him? That's a good question. Because that would say that... I think it depends on how old Tyson is. Yeah. Because they say that he's a baby Cyclops. Right. Did his... Mom, who was the had to be this some kind of spirit or some kind of nature spirit, uh, who had a child with Poseidon, stick around long enough to name him before dumping him off. Hmm. Or did the school just like give him a name Assign when he was adopted name. as their project? Hmm. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Maybe Poseidon appeared to him in a dream one time and was like, "I name you Dyson." <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Where does Annabeth go shopping? Yeah. Does she go on, like, where, where does she get that sunscreen? Where do you oh. get godly <laughs> materials like that? Do you, like, I don't know. is there a god version of Amazon? Like, what's, not Amazon Prime, but Amazon Divine? <laughs> Am, <laughs> I'm an Amazon Divine member. How about you? I pay 119 drachma a year. That'd be a lot. That yeah. would be. It's a high conversion rate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of wondered that too. Like, how does she get that? How does she have everything she needs? Maybe it's like they, maybe his like demigods can't really do technology. So maybe they get do like a, like, you know how they used to do like the Sears catalog or a yeah. magazine or whatever. They get like the, like, you know, when you got the American Girl doll magazine and you like My gosh, flip yes. through that, like it was, I don't know, some amazing thing you looked at all the different like detailed Mm -hmm. toys and stuff oh yes yes then you do like the pros and cons what if I can get just one which one (laughs) Ah, but maybe like maybe Amazon er, maybe Amazon maybe Annabeth subscribes to a magazine like that where you can get godly stuff the mail order things yeah yeah I like that idea Mm mm-hmm my question is, where are the adults during this battle with the bulls? Well, what adults are there other Chiron. than... Well, Chiron's packing because... So ugh. Chiron, Tantalus, and Mr. D are all there, and none of them cares that the children are fighting the bulls. Not at all. No. Uh-huh. He's literally in his apartment listening to music. I know. He's just chilling. Packing his things. Maybe he's just really angry that he was fired and he's just like, fine, Fine. you fired me, I'll let this place burn. (laughs) (laughs) Literally could have burned to the ground and none of them care. Nope. So that was quest queries, unless you have more. Nope. All right. 
And if send you us yours. Have, yeah, if you have quest queries, we love them. We love them. Send us them. We'll address them. Maybe we'll have like a mini soon. If we get enough, yeah. we'll do like full. I don't know. We'll talk about it yeah, later. Twenty minute or half hour <laughs> episode, maybe. Yeah. So we will be reading chapters six through nine next time. Yeah. Join us for that. Send us your Percy Jackson stories and comments to floor600.podcast at gmail.com. If you do that, we will try to read your email on the <gasps> podcast. How fun. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at floor underscore 600 and t- Tumblr at floor600podcast. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, our Podbean website, pretty much anywhere you want. I don't know why we say that because obviously if you're hearing this, you're, you're listening. listening. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and now that you're listening, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, and if you really like us and you want to hear more about us or more of us and sort of keep this podcast going so we can continue on with the series, come to our Patreon and donate there. And being a part of our Patreon might you'll have more of a say of what you get here. So. At least in the special Patreon episodes. <gasps> cry. Yep. You can give as little as $1 a month, and we would greatly appreciate it if you are able to do that. That is patreon.com slash floor600. Again, patreon.com slash floor600. All right. We are saying sail for the Sea of Monsters. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>